everyone welcome to a new episode of carolyn talks and today i am joined by frank abney the third he is an animator artist and i can now i'm so excited to say a director for <laughs> his short film canvas which is currently streaming on netflix and i'm so proud of frank i'm so happy for him and everything that he's accomplished and before we get into our discussion i'm going to ask frank to just give a brief introduction of himself they're going to get into the film yeah so i'm, I'm frank abney um i i'm been an animator for the last uh, 13 or so years um, in the animation industry and took the leap to directing and, and you know, it's been a huge, um, I, I guess a long time coming because it, it, it's something that I've always wanted to do. So, um, you know, working on the films that I've been a part of, that I've been fortunate to be a part of was great, but, you know, I have my stories I got to get out there. So, you know, that's uh, the brief on me. <laughs> mm, yes. And so we're going to discuss our main discussion is going to be about your short film, Kansas, which was released today is December the 11th, 2020. And it's gotten, I've seen some mentions of it on Twitter and I've asked my friends to watch it too. And I think it's a great film. It's beautiful. I watched it first by myself and then my second viewing, I watched it with my sister. And we both, like, we're twins. So, mm -hmm. sometimes I don't know if we have automatic responses as a oh. sort of thing but when I watched it by my first myself my first thought was the way how his the character's eyes trapped across the canvas I was like oh my gosh his eyes like the detail is so good and then when we go from the from the 2d painting to the 3d animation you see the molds and the, the what we call liver spots or a spots on his face mm. and when she saw it, she said the exact same thing she's like look at the detail in his eyes and on his skin uh. and <laughs> i just want to tell you like first off like from the fact that you that just the first few seconds of animation for the film are so impressive i have to give you kudos for that because i think that's such an important thing to get like just the small details of black mm. skin in animation, like you got the liver spots and the A spots. And I'm like, this is something that I see with every, like almost all those senior <laughs> black people in my life. You have the molds and everything. Yeah, yeah, that, that was that was big. Um, you know, uh, early on when we, when I was, um, when I was thinking of, of reference for the characters and what to pull from, you know, uh, Dick Gregory, Morgan Freeman, like, you know, these people came to mind and so, you know, leaning into that, you know, pulling pulling that as reference for our, my character designer, and then also the, um, you know, the person that uh, Meg Higginbottom, who, who ended up doing the uh, the texturing stuff for the characters, from design to skin to the hair, you know, it was it was important to try to represent it well. <laughs> so I have to ask you, what are the names for the characters? Because I don't want to keep referring to them as he or she. I want to like. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even though we don't, even though we don't. Um, hear the names uh grant the grandfather's name is arthur um his daughter's name is amara and his granddaughter her name is aura aura mm -hmm. lovely yeah she, she brings the light to his life so. and that's, that's the first thing that they taught because the aura is like what is like what we say surrounds us and gives us like uh our like our personality so i think that's beautiful yeah. and for this film like we know it's about a painter who is arthur who has lost a loved one he's lost his wife and he's experiencing grief and the grief has taken away his inspiration and his drive to paint and his drive to create yeah. and i remember when we first spoke you have said the incredibles which was a pixar film is what inspired you to move to 3d 
um, animation. And the reasons you said, one of the reasons that inspired you was because it dealt with adult themes, like the couples. And I, when I saw this, I was like, it kind of makes sense that your, your first film as a director and as a writer is about mature themes and, it's, and it does take place in kind of this animated, uh, 3D animated space. I wanted to ask you about creating this, your own story about such a mature theme as something like grief, which is like something that we all deal with, but we all experience differently. Yeah, I, um, it was, it was something that, that, you know, it, it hits me constantly from, you know, since I was five when my dad passed, you know, that was, that's something that, that, you know, it, it comes back into my life pretty regularly. So, you know, it's it pretty obvious I'm still affected by it. And, uh, you know, and also growing up and um, seeing how my mom's navigated through it as well. And, you know, it was there, the, the, the story actually took place, or it started to take shape, you know, about six years ago. That's, that's when I kind of started writing on it. But, you know, years prior, um, you know, I was, you know, with family a lot, you know, living at, at home or in the vicinity where I grew up and, uh, you know, being around my niece, you know, she's, um, you know, a little girl running around, you know, like kids, you know, full of joy and not really caring those adult burdens that we that we have on our shoulders and you know I was I was in a rough patch pretty bad you know just trying to get in a place I wanted to be in the industry and, and you know kind of questioning uh you know is what am I doing you know <laughs> I, I want to create I'm animating on these films which is great but how can I take that that step and you know it was there was a point where I was you know it was, it was getting kind of down on it but uh you know just kind of returning to that I guess inner child, you know, just um, kind of, okay, just do it, just do it, you know, kids don't, you know, they act on impulse, <laughs> pretty much, you know, it's like, you know, that, that kind of helped me um, get that inspiration back to just kind of take that leap. So, you know, thinking of, you know, what I wanted to create, you know, I knew, I found out early on when I was actually getting into the industry, um, what actually got me into film was a piece I did about my dad. And it was like, it was some, this, just this thing I animated on my own, and, you know, so that that told me that creating something that came from a vulnerable place, an honest place, was uh, what I should be doing. That was my way of, you know, that was kind of my therapy. That was my way of uh, using my art as my voice. And, and so um, thinking of those personal things going on at the moment, you know, with, with my, um, you know, with my mom and myself, you know, just, you know, these things that come up about my dad, I was like, okay, well, you know, I, I always kind of wondered, you know, with, with how I'm affected, you know, how's my mom been affected? You know, there's these art endeavors that she's had. And I always wondered, like, if there was something that was kind of taken away, you know, when my dad was, when my dad passed. And um, turns out those were just interests that she had. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, you know, that was, that was my own, you know, questioning into that backstory. Same thing with my grandfather, you know, who was always very quiet and, um, uh, he seemed always, you know, a little withdrawn, and I just kind of wondered about that too. And then the story started to take shape, and um, uh, you know, I kind of drew from those things, and you know, put this, uh, started putting this together. And you know, I think it's important that animation isn't isn't um, isn't held to to this held in inside this box that it's just for kids. You know, kids can learn about grief, but there's things for everybody. You know, there's things for adults, things for kids, you know, it's, it, it doesn't have to be limited. Yeah, no, I agree because children do experience grief. And I think that's something that adults don't really consider a lot of times, whether it's they 
whether it's that they lose a loved one, like a parent, a grandparent, or a friend, or even a, a pet, I mean, it's not trivia, but like mm, a pet, yeah, yeah. Or, or someone moves away, or a teacher like is no longer at their school, like they do experience grief. And mm-hmm. I think one of the things about animation that's so beautiful is when, when we relate to them as children, we get the stories that are being told. And it's not just about the, it's just not about the characters, it's about the story. And then when mm-hmm. we grow up, you, we realize why these films still have an impact on us, why they still mean so much for us. Because even though we may have not have consciously thought about them as children, they did leave an impact on us and they did affect our lives and they still mean so much to us now. And like when we talk about things like representation, like that's one of the things, that's why representation is still so important in film and in animation in particular, because Mm-hmm. We we love those characters, but then when we grow up, we're like, okay, I want to I want to love these characters now when they look more like me, right? Mm-hmm. And and when you have characters like like Arthur and Amara and R, when they're when you're showing grief, and is and I think even now, especially because of everything that's been going on, not only in politics but in the world, like we mm-hmm. I, I like it just occurred to me, but like with everything that's going on with the pandemic and like so much stress is things are affecting children so much with regards to school and, and like they, they can't see their friends and they are missing their friends and they're grieving the absence of their friends. I, I can imagine when they watch this, they might be able to pick up some that Arthur's feeling because they're missing their friends. And mm. they're and when and then when they grow older they'll be like, okay now I understand again what I was feeling and I can and I can I can help give voice and give a name to this emotion. Mm. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't think of it like that. But yeah that's that's true. It doesn't have to be, you know, necessarily death or you know um yeah there's so much in, to learn from from dealing with with loss or, or traumas or how we you know how we go about uh moving on from them in a productive way um and uh you know with the idea of canvas being that you know we don't have to do it alone you know like we don't have to suffer in silence and, and you know kind of just just go through these things you know it seems like you know, with with a lot of these injustices, the murders, you know, all this stuff that's going on in the world and in the black community um, and others as well. But it, it, you know, specifically things that have hit home for me, you know, it's kind of like, I feel like we, we always have to just kind of push it away and move on mm-hmm. and don't have that time. And that's kind of reflected in Canvas and how he hasn't really dealt with the loss of his, of his uh, wife. He's just locked all his artwork away in this room. You know, he's, he's just, shut it out and it's one of those things where um you know sometimes it takes that unexpecting person you know to open that door and, and uh bring you to to face it <laughs> and, and overcome it right and i think that's one of the things like um aura she's the person who as we say like metaphorically and figuratively and literally in the film she opens that mm-hmm. door for arthur i thought it was super interesting that it was her curiosity and it was her looking for a crayon for her own <laughs> for her own art that led to her opening that door and finding the canvas and the half-finished painting that mm. gave Arthur the spark for his creativity again. And I just want to ask you, particularly about that that, that sequence is, I, I just thought it was like really impactful that she's a burgeoning Arthur, um, artist herself. Mm-hmm. And Arthur he, himself, he's so bogged down in his grief that he doesn't see that, that mm-hmm. he has inspired, that he has this grandchild, this, this child, who is an artist just like him, but he can't see because his grief has locked him away so much, but mm-hmm. it's her wanting to create artwork for him that leads to her, to him finding his art, his, um, his art again. I just want to ask you about yeah. the yeah. sequence. Yeah, it was, it was, um, 
it was all just part of her being that catalyst for for him to face this thing like yeah he's yeah like you said he's he is so so wrapped up in this hole that he's he's kind of been in that yeah he doesn't see these things he 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 puts up the drawings every day that she brings but you know it, it's kind of like he's not fully present and uh so he's he's putting them up and trying to play along you know even even in that first greeting when we see um or gets out of the car runs give him the hug in the in the drawing you know he's 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 playing nice you know with uh not playing nice but he's you know he doesn't want to reveal how he really feels but he's you know he's trying to be bright for her but then as soon as she runs off you know it, it returns back and, and his daughter knows that something's up with him the the kneeling down and, and kissing him you know the, the slight concern on her face yeah it was all it was all connected to just um wanting to have that disconnection to the world around him but you know this little girl you know his granddaughter being the the light bringer you know not just light in terms of lifting his spirits but also literally literally the light and revealing this space that he's shut out of his life literally making him uh face the loss you know looking at the canvas yeah because i i think one of the things about art um in any form that it's made in is i think it reveals something in us and like person like for me i relate more to i would say visual art so like films and mm-hmm. tv shows and paintings and for you as a creator i imagine like yes this film has a very personal foundation for you because it deals a lot mm-hmm. with the grief that you yourself felt as a child and as an adult over your father's loss but then to be able to use your own form of art which is animation to tell this story like when you really really sit and think about it like how does that really make you feel to be able to use the way that you relate to, to the world and the way you communicate your ideas to the world like to be able to tell your stories and share your thoughts and it's and it's something that's very personal and deep but to be able to share that with others it's it's a it's a very uh it's it's definitely a vulnerable experience <laughs> um but you know it's it's therapeutic to use you know it, it's like you know being a kid and finding you know um that hobby you like that's your 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 positive outlet to kind of returning to your center that's that's what what creating is for me so being able to get these things out you know without having to just verbally talk about it you know it it's an easier easier way for me and also connecting with with other people that have gone through similar things or can get get something out of it even if they don't relate to the story but you know maybe they find inspiration in it to tell their own stories you know that that's all of what I'm trying to get out there you know just find those those positive connections because that that's what led me into film you know with Lion King when I was a kid you know after seeing that after my dad passed you know it was like damn someone made this they don't even know who I am but I'm you know I, I'm I'm able to relate to this this experience you know with this lion cub losing his dad and you know the the fear of these oncoming responsibilities as an adult and as the new you know kind of leader you know it's like it's like dang I just knowing how i was affected by that i wanted to be able to create something like that other people could find some some kind of kindred energy in it or something you know something that you know allows them to feel that they you know they're not alone or or like i said earlier be that source of inspiration or you know something i think you did that because like as i mentioned like we've all experienced grief like for me like i lost my grandmother probably going on 15 years ago and it kind of made me think about her and one of the things about the film that made me think about her not necessarily is the story of grief and loss but the hair 
And we've mm. talked about this before, and like, I, and and the hair <laughs> plays such an important part in this film to me. And I really love the details. And this is something else my sister and I were talking about is how you got the curl patterns. So like you got the done <laughs> so right. And I, I think you had said it was the program you using was Maya. And and you got the curl, the twist up, the pattern of the twist style, and then you had the fluff in um Aura's hair from the puffs that she had, yeah. and you had the fluff in the part. I was like, I'm like, no, that's this is when you know a black person. <laughs> made this film because the details of the fluff in the part is so on point. And <laughs> and then like it, it reminded me of my grandmother too, because it made me R like R she's spending the time with her grandfather. And that's what my mom would do with my sister. And I she'd take us to spend a weekend with our grandmother and she'd be doing her stuff in the garden and my sister and I would be playing with the dolls and watching her doing her gardening and one of the reasons I think I love TV so much is like when she was finished at the end of the day we go we go inside and sit and watch like days of our lives and, and like yeah. not landing and those kind of stuff in the evening so like, it just like brought me back to like spending the weekends with her and I saw that with R and Arthur uh-huh. and for and for Amara and and then speaking about like just seeing us be able to see ourselves in media and in, and in animation and seeing it, the love that you and your team put into creating these characters, I think that plays a lot mm-hmm. in how we are able to relate to the characters too, because I think just the details of the hair means would mean so much to us. Mm-hmm. And like, you know this because like, you, were, you were the executive producer on Hair Love with Matthew Cherry and you, you saw the reaction that Black yeah. people all over had to that <laughs> film. And for me, it's, yeah, it's like point. for you to be able to be doing this again, where our hair is such an intrinsic part of, of, of our culture and of our identity as people. So to some people, it may be small, but to me, it's not because mm. I'm like, I've been, I've had that same hair. So I've done my niece's hair like that. I've done my friend's children's hair like that. And when you, when you tie all of these things, all of these conversations and these topics and things up into it and making it a black experience, I think that's extremely important. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one thing to just create characters and then just, slap a brown texture on them and be like hey they're black you know it's it, it had to be more than that especially like with my experience working on these uh these films you know it was um it was a nice experience being on on coco you know it, being able to animate something from a different culture and, and kind of dive into a, another culture outside of my own and also see that in animation see a different culture represented and then um not too much, but, you know, experiencing animating a Black character on, on Incredibles 2 with Frozone, like, you know, having a animate a character that looked like me at a, at a you know, big studio, <laughs> you know, that, that was, that was uh, huge. And then, you know, uh, to Soul and, you know, having a Black lead and, and so on, you know, it was so like when it came to, um, even though I was working on this before, you know, Soul and, and, and those, those other projects, like it, it was for me, creating something that I was putting out there to represent my my experience, you know, it it had to be more than just a, a quick thing of putting a character out there. Like to, we had to pull that reference, like I was saying, like you know, Morgan Freeman, Dick Gregory, and so for for grandfather, and then you know, with Aura, it was um, you know, pull some reference from my my own niece and and. Um, Yara Shahidi when she was a little girl, you know, and thinking of, you know, with Amara pulling from like people like Kimberly Elise, you know, it's, yeah. it's trying to pull from something real and get into those characters and also working with the, with my artists to iterate on these things to make sure that, you know, even if it's taking a little while to get the hair right, it's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll get it, <laughs> but we gotta, we gotta make sure that, although we don't have like a huge budget, um, 
you know, we had to do what we could to, you know, get as close as we could. <laughs> no, you succeeded, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and going a bit more into the technical aspects of the film, um, so for the other thing that for the film that's really, I think was really well done is the score. So tell me mm. about, now, as an animator in the past, you worked for other companies and they held, they were responsible for, for the sound and the music mm -hmm. and all of that. But now as a writer and as a director, that's your responsibility. So tell me about putting this, the team together and getting Jermaine Stagall to, to be work, do the music on the film and like just constructing the music to fit your idea and fit what you wanted to say about the film. Yeah, Jermaine, Jermaine was great. Cause I, you know, from the, from the moment we started collaborating, it was like, you know, what, what do you want to, what do you want this to sound like? You know, that, that was kind of like the, the first task, you know, for me. And I was like, you know, I, I had to, I had to think about these, these films that, that stood out to me. Um, and, you know, one of the, one of the last ones, one of the last ones that, that stuck to me was, was Moonlight. And um, so there was a, um, yeah, there, there was a, there was a power in, um, in, I guess the, the emotional weight that was, yeah, that can be carried and supported through, through music. And, um, you know, I pulled from that and then, um, there were some other references as well, but it was, it was, yeah, like we, we started on the teaser and it was like, we got down to also the emotion of the, of the, the moment, you know, what, um, you know, with the teaser, trying to show that, uh, that Arthur was, um, there's a, a sense of isolation and, you know, both, both, you know, physically and, you know, mentally. And so, you know, we chose to just stick to one instrument, you know, because, you know, just to kind of, you know, uh, so we, we did that with, with that and then taking it to the, taking it to the short, you know, we still, uh, wanted to carry, carry some of that through but um but also like have a theme for each character you know we have you know the sounds of grandfather um arthur and then we see that moment when when it, everything starts to light up when when we hear the car come in and, and Aura comes out and you have the ding, 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 you know everything starts to brighten up as she comes in and you know it was a um a lot of that that kind of um push and pull with like with uh how we wanted the characters represented and the emotion of the scene and he was he was great with like you know bring bringing the options um uh for me to kind of choose from and pick you know kind of what what things i liked out of out of each iteration and um and then you know the the musicians just knocked it out when we when we went to record the score um yeah it was like for me, everything was like perfect, <laughs> but you know, there's there is stuff that Jermaine would call out. It's like there's one instrument there that that seems a little out of tune, and I'm like, I don't know what you heard, but <laughs> but uh, that just is a testament to how how great his ear is, and um, and just you know his his experience, and yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, no, the the yeah the predominant instrument is the violin, and there's nothing that. I think quite reaches our emotions like the violin, especially when you're really going for um, 
I, I actually I can't even say specific because I think the violin is great for all emotions. Like it's great for anger. It's yeah, great, <laughs> it's great to express um despondency and like, grief and yeah. yeah, it's just like it's one. Of, it's I think it's one of the it's the only instrument I think that's so versatile in what mm. it's accomplishing because yeah. you can't get that with a bassoon. A bassoon is is like extremely loud and like you don't know it's making a sound but making an, um, an appearance on an announcement. Um, but then also for the rest of the team, like you you talked about making his bottom end. So what about so just tell me again about building your animation team and how selected the people that you worked with because I know you worked with Pearl Lowell on this who also mm-hmm. we also worked with on Hero Love so tell me about so the getting her and, uh, and the other animators and the other members of your team together because um, I, I imagine like you had to pick people that you were familiar with or, or that you had a background with because as you said the budget is small <laughs> but it's also but it's, it's also I think a, a very personal film too so I imagine that played a part in, in who you got to work with you. Yeah, yeah, it, it it all boiled down to trust, you know. Um, I guess who who I who I felt like I could I could trust with um, with the the work and the, the quality of, of what I was what I was after, and you know, um, coming coming across people's work, um, you know, years ago, like people like Pearl or something, you know, it, I knew I had to circle back at some point, you know. Um, <laughs> With, with whatever I was doing um, to, you know, you, you kind of make those mental notes with some people you come across. Oh, I got I got to work with them on something or I got, you know, that's so, you know, the beginning, it was like going, going to those people, going to those, uh, you know, friends or, 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 or people whose work I admired, but it, yeah, it's, it started with friends first. Cause you know, it's a little easier to, um, easier to get them on board with something, you know, if they, if they kind of know who you, you know, how you are, how you work and know a little bit about you and, and can take you seriously, you know, um, more than, you know, a stranger that's like, you know, this, uh, this is going to be one of those projects that, you know, never gets done or something. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so starting there and then like once, once I was able to get some artwork together, then, then I could start branching out to those people that I didn't know, but whose work I was familiar with um and to kind of show that i was serious have some content that was already done so yeah that was that was uh that was huge it it was um i mean i'm I'm so thankful for everyone that put their hard work into it especially because most of the people on the team was working full-time too (laughs) so you know it was a lot of a lot of squeezing in and and personal time and um trying to make the schedule work with everyone's schedules and yeah everyone everyone pulled it off right so we, we talked a little bit about the score so i want to talk about the sound design because mm-hmm. um this is a as a, i find for a lot of um animated shorts very little or to no dialogue is used and mm-hmm. i believe that's probably because correct me if i'm wrong you're like i have limited time i have probably eight to ten minutes to tell this story i don't have time for a long conversation so i'm going to scratch dialogue and I'm going to make this all about yeah. everything we see. And the only things we hear is the score and the sound design of things like paper moving, a chair being scraped across the, the floor, um, the, the sound of Arthur's wheels on his wheelchair turning, the wind going through the grass. So tell me about first and first deciding or no dialogue and then just constructing the sound of the ambient sound of their environment. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was coming into this, you know, as an animator, it was it was like just wanting to focus purely on performances and not worry too much about dialogue because because I wanted the the emotion to be 
the, the driver through the short, you know, it was it was more important the the subtext than characters were actually saying. So, you know, I wanted to um, do it all through you know expression and body language. You know, in in most cases, you know, that's going to speak louder than than the words <laughs> coming out of someone's mouth. Anyway, so um, so that that was a that was a pretty um, quick choice from the start. And then uh, just in, in terms of the the sound design, um, yeah, I, there are some there are some short films and and, and films you know at, at, at Pixar that I'd worked on. Um, uh, that's that uh, some of the guys that came on canvas worked on and I knew that that was that was why I, I wanted to try to grab them because <laughs> you know um, uh, um, Justin Pearson and um, let's see um, drawing a blank <laughs> um, Andrew um, oh, I'm trying to, what's his last name <laughs> I'm trying to blank out his name <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Justin Pearson and Andrew uh, Vernon, Andrew Vernon, um, you know, they uh, they came in, they really, they knocked it out. You know, Andrew was great. He, 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 um, he did, he did some early stuff um, on the film and then we had to pass it over to Justin. Um, and uh, yeah, it, we, we, I borrowed a wheelchair from someone at work and you know, uh, Andrew's getting a lot of sounds with the with the wheelchair on his on the wood floor and like all this stuff that was like, you know, just to 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 make the to to bring all the sound qualities out there. You know, we we got into things like, okay, well, what does this hallway what does this hallway feel like? You know, what's the you know uh, same thing with the score, like digging into uh, digging into the music um, was the same. It was the same process digging into the music as the sound design. It was you know trying to find what what would support that emotion you know how do we want do we want this this hallway to feel empty you know versus um you know just just having just having an empty hallway is, is different than creating an empty hallway that's supposed to be emotionally empty you know um so yeah they were they were huge i mean they you know being a part of you know the uh these different you know pixar films you know being at studios like that i mean you're you're always trying to support the emotion and the, the story aspect. So, so those guys, they, they were a no brainer to try to bring on. <laughs> yeah, so as you mentioned, like we, it, well, it's, it's well known, you work for Pixar, you work from other animation studios and now you're working for yourself, you're creating art for yourself. Mm -hmm. And with, the, uh, with the, the extremely impressive background for, for the films that you've worked on, um, you're to be taking the leap from, I guess you could say, almost job security of working for a studio like Pixar, <laughs> where you know they churn out films constantly, and to, to make the decision to, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do this on the side. I'm just going to go full on and just yeah. devote my time to creating this work. Like, how nerve-wracking was it for you, and I guess, and imagine your family, to make this decision? Mm. Because... And, and I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not saying this to be negative because like, but, no, no, no. <laughs> but you know, but you know, like sometimes things don't work out the way we want it to, but you always have to take that leap of faith and, and, yeah. and it's daunting and it's, and it's um, scary. So like, how was it for you 
And to make that decision to leave Pixar and to do what you want, because I remember the day you announced it on Twitter too. You're like, this is my last day at Twitter. And <laughs> you took a picture in front of the studios. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was, and my thought was, I'm like, I'm so proud of him. And I'm like, go, I'm like, you can do this, Frank. So like for you, how was it <laughs> to make that decision and then to see the success of working with some with a streaming service like Netflix and to mm. see that it paid off? Yeah, it was definitely a, 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 a scary choice because, um, I mean, for the last 13 years, I've been able to, I've been going from, you know, place to place and, and you know, it's been, um, there's some things that weren't full-time, but I, I had to, I had to hustle to turn it into a full-time thing, yeah. you know, within the studio. So it was, you know, it, you know, there's a scary aspect, but it was also like, you know, there's, it, I've been through this before. So it was like, you know, um, there's nothing like, <laughs> I guess there, there's nothing like the the kind of um, uh, the looming danger of you not performing well to, to get you to perform well. <laughs> so it's like, you you know, you know, I, I have to do this, you know, if, if I'm, you know, you, you take this leap of faith, you trust yourself, you trust what you're capable of. And then once you're out there, it's like, okay, now I have no choice but to believe in myself and make this happen. So um, and so there, there was that, that, that nerve wracking aspect of it, but then there was the comfort in knowing, you know, knowing for myself, you know, regardless of what anyone has told me along my career and, and what people have allowed me to do or stretch my wings in certain areas, it was like, I know what I'm capable of. And I know, um, you know, what, what I can, what I can bring to the table. So, um, yeah, as long as I, as long as I know that and I believe that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And, and, um, you know, also, you know, my, my wife has always been, um, so supportive about that, you know, doing my own thing. And, um, and so, you know, there, you know, the, there is, there is the, the, uh, stability side of things, but it's, yeah, it's, she knows how I am too. She knows my, my work ethic and all that. So, you know, it's, um, it, it, it's something that, you know, it's it's more exciting than than worrisome. So, like I mentioned, Netflix. So, like the film is now on Netflix. It debuted today that we're speaking, and now that it's open to the masses, and it's open to the masses internationally because Netflix mm -hmm. is allowing, like, has made it so that people all over the world will be able to see. It. And like, what is that like for you? Like, how are you able to like process, or have you not processed yet? You're shaking your head, so I'm thinking, no. <laughs> no, I'm shaking my head because it's it's just hard to believe. It's um. You know my my producer um, Paige uh, Johnstone. She will will text sometimes like like can you believe that this is actually <laughs> happening? <laughs> and you know just thinking of of all the all the like it, it's it's hard to fathom. Like it's yeah, it, it's hard to imagine that this going out instantly around the world all at once. Like it's um, it's crazy, but it's uh, it's inspiring to keep it going, you know, to the next thing that's, um, that's happening. Like, you know, let's, let's keep elevating, keep, uh, raising the bar, keep, um, creating some, some great stuff to put out into the world. You know, we need more positive things to put out there. <laughs> mm -hmm, for sure. And as we wrap up, cause I know like our time is ending. So you, you talk about doing more things. So what can you tell me about your future projects, like, is there anything that you're working on that you can tell me about? Will it be another Netflix collaboration? Fingers crossed for you. Anything yeah. you can tell me? 
Yeah, I'm 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 developing uh, some projects, uh, but yeah, the next thing is is actually a Netflix project. I'm I'm directing uh, an animated film um, uh, for them with the, uh, my my directing partner uh, Michael Williams. We're we're collaborating um, to bring a, uh, a beautiful um, animated film to to the world and. You know, I, I can't talk too much about it, but but it's 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 going to be something. It's something special for sure. It, it definitely aligns with with what I what I uh, want to be what, what I want to create as you know as as a filmmaker. You know, things that that um, that highlight you know, specific um, experiences and, and you know um, highlighting our culture and stuff. You know, it, it's uh, yeah. I can't I can't wait for. Uh, for it to be shared out there. <laughs> I'm excited for whatever it is because I, and I think I'm and I think I'm gonna base my last question on that for you. If you were to make if you were to voice your your philosophy as a filmmaker, what would it be if you can like if you could like give it in a phrase, not in a catchphrase, but in like in a phrase where you said this is my personal philosophy as a creator and director. Hmm. Ooh. <laughs> I'd say your voice matters, so find any way to use it. I like that. I like that. Your voice matters. <laughs> find any way to use it. And let me see. If I were to ask you, let's see. Speak as loud as you can. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I know I love that because I think that's one of my my own kind of personal philosophies as a as doing what I'm doing to use my platform mm. the the way I can and to talk about things that matter to me because I'm like life yeah. is too short to be talking to to be wasting on on things that don't add value to, to our lives and to our mm. experiences. Oh, definitely. And I think Canvas does that. Canvas discusses that. And again, I'm so <laughs> proud of you and I'm so happy Thank for you. you and the entire <laughs> team. Congratulations to you. And honestly, I really can't wait to see what you what you do because this has been just like just following your career from when we first, I think we first got in contact through around Coco the time of Coco when it was covering Coco and then discussing. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just so happy for you. So again, thank you so much for talking <laughs> thank you with so me. so much. Yeah, you too. And to all my listeners, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Carolyn Talks for the So Here's What Happened podcast. You can listen to my interview with Frank and other film and television creatives on butwhythepodcast.com as well as on other streaming platforms. And you can read our interview in observer.com. Please, everyone, stay safe and have a good day. Ooh.